1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a huge night of European qualification action. Servette come to Ibrox with Rangers looking to bounce back from that opening day defeat to Kilmarnock. Brendan Rodgers says everyone needs to be realistic about Celtic's Champions League ambitions this season. And Hearts and Hibs get set for their Conference League qualifiers as well. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Cammy Bell and Marvin Bartley. It was fantastic to have the league back, Gordon, especially obviously the top flight. Let's stick with that. Um, obviously, Celtic leading off with a half past 12 kickoff, beating Ross County with a you know, new start for Brendan Rodgers or the restart, should I say. And then obviously, Rangers on the Sunday, um, you know, losing 1 0 to Kilmarnock, but they have a chance to bounce back today. The good thing about football, when you're playing at the top flight, the games are thick and fast, and, you know, they'll look for a reaction today. Yeah, massive weekend of football and, and one that was, was very entertaining and exciting. Rangers, as Marv says, got an opportunity to bounce back, but the pressure's really building already. And this is this is one of the appearances I've been looking forward to since we started this new format. And you can stream the show, and you can watch us. The rest of them turn up looking like a like a, a bag of washing, as the, the phrase goes. But not Cammy Bell, a man of impeccable style. You've got the cheek, Marvin Bartley, to sit next to this style icon in your Queen of the South tracksuit. Look at this guy. He's got the overshirt on. It's rolled up. The highlights in the hair, the tightest jeans I've ever seen. Do I need still, to stand up and show him? Still no socks either. This guy doesn't own socks. He's looking a million and you're looking 50p. Well, I've been working overtime, Gordon, due to Saturday's result, as you can imagine. I wasn't um, going to bring yeah, that up. Yeah, you were. So I might as well just say it straight away and get it out there. And uh, yeah, Cammy is looking absolutely magnificent. You know, a massive difference to Simon Donnelly who came in flip-flops and shorts. He did, oh. he did indeed. Anyway, 01419511025, that is the number you need to get in touch. So please do, Rangers fans, how big a night is this? I do love these big match nights because we get to share your journey to the game. We, we can't be there. We're stuck in here. So if you're going to the game tonight, give us a call. Let us know how you're feeling. I suppose the confidence maybe took a bit of a, a dent at the weekend or is this a completely separate competition, separate mindset? What do Rangers need to improve on? Would you do something different with the team? Are there guys from the weekend that you do not think should be kept in the team? Are there others that deserve a chance? Give us all your thoughts, please, ahead of that game. Of course, if you're just settling down to watch it on the TV, that's absolutely fine. We'll speak to you as well. But always like really hearing from people on their way to the game. So uh, bonus points for that. Celtic fans... Very early uh, media day for Brendan Rodgers this week ahead of Sunday's game. But some interesting comments as always, speaking about needing a real sense of realism about this season's Champions League ambitions. What do you make of those comments? I'll play them for you uh, if you haven't heard them. He said, yes, of course, he wants to replace Carl Starfelt, but also wants to add to the squad on top of that. So I wonder what areas you think he might be referring to there. Hibs and Hearts fans, I know you're getting set for your Conference League qualifiers as well. And all the usual fun of the fair on your radio and, of course, now streamed live as well. So get in touch on 0141 951 1025. We have been here before. These qualification games can come round thick and fast for Scottish teams right at the start of the season. They mean so much to the clubs involved. Uh, so whilst you get your calls in, Rangers fans, are you going to the game? Let us know. 
you settling down to watch it give us all your pre-match thoughts and until such time you get to decide give us all your suggestions like we mentioned the weekend clearly is casting a bit of a shadow over this game for some Rangers fans if the last couple of nights is anything to go by uh, so what do you think team wise tonight who should play who shouldn't does it need drastic changes do you want to see a different a different style a different way of going about things how confident are you of progressing Rangers did it last season it's not easy to get through the two ties and into the group stages but Rangers did do it last season how are you feeling this time I suppose what we can agree on is that Saturday not Sunday as you alluded to you obviously had a stressful weekend we'll let that slide <laughs> by um, has changed the mood going into this one now, look, Rangers, Rangers may well respond they may well win 4-0 tonight and Saturday will be partly forgotten about but until such times as they can answer it the last few days has, has felt negative hasn't it yeah and again I, I think the biggest thing for the Saturday night's result um, was the performance it was really really poor it was slow um, they, they didn't move the ball fast enough they allowed Kilmarnock to get in but back in a good shape and make it difficult for them you see on a plastic pitch you need to keep the ball moving you need to move it fast make good decisions as Michael Beale said and Rangers didn't do that they didn't have players that stepped up to the plate and Rangers fans will be disappointed with a number of the new signings the performance mm. that they put in and that, that'll be the worry going into this game tonight and Rangers need to get off to a good start tonight because if they don't the fans will let them know about it as well and a lot of these new players will have not felt that environment yet yeah, I think it's a it's obviously a pressure that they have to get used to, and I think you know the players who've been at Rangers over the last multiple years can can explain to them what is expected. Listen, new players don't come in completely blindfolded. I always say when you do come to Scotland, you don't realise the size of the football clubs, but these players will know obviously after that first game against Kilmarnock that things aren't going to be easy. Um, teams are going to sit in behind you. Probably haven't played on a pitch of that quality without being disrespectful, you know, before, um, which made it obviously more difficult but they have to find a way you know when you're at a club of that size you have to find a way and they'll want a reaction today um, in terms of style I don't think Michael Bill will, will change his style you know something that he obviously believes in but he has you know mentioned players making better decisions because the style can be whatever you want it to be but if the players aren't making the right decisions at the right time it doesn't matter what you're doing you're an eternal optimist you, you have your grumpy moments but you're one of our <laughs> more positive pundits is that what tonight is an ideal opportunity to bounce back you see it as a good thing or, for the cynics out there, does it bring about a bit more dread and a bit more fear because of the disappointment of the weekend? No, I think there's a, there's an expectance. Forget about bouncing back. You know, you're Rangers and you're playing at home um, to a team that you should be beaten. So it's not about bouncing back. I expect, or the manager will be saying, I expect you guys to go out there and, and win this game of football and win it playing in a style that we've worked on throughout the whole of pre-season, not the style that I saw against Kilmarnock. So it's now over to you. Um, will he change some of the personnel? I expect so, because he wouldn't have been happy with some of the performances. But he's going to say, I expect it's better from absolutely everybody. That's across the board. It's not one or two individuals or new players. It's absolutely everybody. So you go out there today, you put a show on, you win this game of football and you get the crowd off their seats. There's not an excuse tonight for me. They're playing at home on Ibrox, a fantastic pitch. It'll be amazing tonight. They're playing a team, a Swiss team that, are, that again, they've done well last season finishing second, but they're missing a number of players. I think it's seven players they've not brought over here. So... Um, Rangers have got no excuses tonight They need to go and perform And they probably for me Need to put the, the, the tie to bed tonight um, It's an ideal opportunity to do that They don't want to be going over um, There next week With a tight game Or a tight lead um, Because it becomes then A nervy match They want to get the job done Here tonight 
Uh, 0141-951-1025 What are you thinking tonight? Especially if you're heading off to the game We'd love to hear from you uh, But I know this is one that's going to capture a lot of interest anyway So whether it is team changes, formation changes Things you want to get off your chest from the weekend Maybe you're entirely confident Maybe you think the weekend was but a blip uh, And this will be much different this evening Whatever it is that's on your mind Get it over to us please 0141-951-1025 And of course you can tweet at Clyde SSB, I'm pretty sure you can comment on Cami Bell's dress sense or whatever else you fancy <laughs> on YouTube and Facebook and all the rest of it. I'm all over the place now. You can, uh, if you're eating your dinner, you can tune in and see what the guys are getting up to. It is not all about Rangers Servette tonight, of course, it is dominating things. But Brendan Rogers spoke today about Champions League realism, about recruitment and what he's going to look for between now and the window. Uh, so if any of that tickled your fancy Celtic fans, it would be lovely to hear from you as well I think we are about to speak to David perhaps uh, we'll just give him a there he is David's on the line in Barhead how's it going David? Hi I'm good guys I'm good yourself? Yeah good thanks what are you thinking tonight? I'm thinking he's got your Cantwell on that park Cantwell has been a standout in the Rangers park since he, since he signed he's been the guy who's made his trick along with Raskin they were a great understanding together and then come the first game of the season he drops him we were, we were short of ideas and yet he's he's one of the most creative players I've had for the second half of the season Do you think David he was being saved for tonight in some way or was it just a, a tactical decision that you disagreed with? I don't at the end of the day <laughs> at Rangers you can't save players mm-hmm. it's the first game of the season you, to me the first game of the league's Premier League you're going out to make a, a statement to say here we are and this is what we're going to do this season and we didn't we were so so disappointing yeah. and the way we, we just couldn't make chances and put them away yeah, I like to think that we are able to attract every possible opinion out there. You've both done this show often enough to know that somebody somewhere will disagree. But I would put my last 50 pence, my trusty beat the pundit 50 pence, on the fact that no Rangers fan would disagree with David that Todd Cantwell has to play tonight. Yeah, I think he's um, David's bang on. I, I don't think you you rest a player in the first game of the season. You get the job done if you're if you're winning two three nil by sixty minutes. You bring him off. That's when you rest him. Um, Todd Cantwell for me is one of Rangers' best player. He can carry the ball. He, he can play them passes that create goals. He, he brings that spark to Rangers as well. I think David was right. He's got a really good relationship with Raskin. They work really well together. But Raskin couldn't get in the game on, on Saturday night. He just couldn't get a foot on the ball. He wasn't his self. And I think he did miss Todd Cantwell in there beside him. Do you yeah, think it could have been something else? Sorry, uh, behind it though, in terms of maybe it was the pitch or maybe Cantwell was carrying something yeah, but, because... Uh, yeah, uh, possibly. Yeah. I, I would I would like to... I would, I just... I, I, I don't... But he, he did come on. So then mm-hmm. that, that's my issue. If he was carrying something, he's fit enough to come on at some point. So why not start him? As I say, I, I, I think the manager's made the decision possibly thinking this team can get the job done at Kamarnock. They've not got the job done and then he's looked at them after a, a period of time and thought, do you know what, we're not ticking here, we need to get Cantwell on. But the game's difficult then. Mm-hmm. It is difficult, it's flat, it's slow. Kamarnock have got their confidence up because they were well on top in the game on Saturday night. Yeah, and would that be the one 
change that you would you would definitely expect to see. Look, we'll we'll work our way through them and we'll get the teams in the not too distant future. Would that be the one that you would really hang your hat on? Yeah, I would expect him to start the game if he's if he's fully fit and like I was kind of alluding to there. And and I agree, I agree with Cammy. I think if he's fit, then I think he plays from the start. For me, there has to be another issue behind it because. You know, Michael Bill's done nothing but speak up Todd Cantwell. Um, I, I totally agree. You know, you start the game with your strongest possible team and then if you have to make changes, you make the changes. But, you know, there's more than enough time between Saturday's game and today's mm. game for players to be fresh again. So it just made me think that there must have been something more behind it. And like Cammy said, I know mm. he did come on, but we've all been there before when, you know, you have a player on the bench that might be at 80% fitness and you say, well, if I don't have to use him, then I won't. But obviously in this situation, he did have to use him. He did have to put him on the pitch. Uh, David, overall, how would you sum up your mindset tonight then? How much has it been damaged by the weekend or are you still you know feeling positive I'm hoping it's just a blip I'm hoping I mean you had you brought in Connor Dolson who hasn't played in any of the pre-season games to the heart of defence which was a big risk okay they did score so it didn't really pay off but the defence hasn't been playing, playing too badly the last few weeks so why risk a player who hasn't had any minutes pre-season on the park competitively as well. So, I, I don't know. I, I think just playing a team that bring up that bring Daniel into it, I would start with Danilo as well. And there, there are options there, Cammy. I suppose what the more general discussion at the weekend is that there is a lot, there are a lot of new players, so we don't really know how quickly they're gelling, everybody keeps saying they have to and you don't get time in Glasgow and all these sorts of phrases. Um, and But you know, I guess that's that's the unfortunate thing about these qualifiers. You, you need to get this right on the, what is it, the 9th of August. Yeah. So, you know, you don't get any choice. You're going to need these guys to, to do it tonight. They needed to get right on Saturday for me um, and that was a, a real disappointment. The Rangers fans that all turned up there will be really disappointed with the performance and I think that's the big thing is the performance on Saturday. Um, I don't think Michael Beale at this moment in time will know his best team. He has brought a lot of players in. It does, I totally agree, it does take time to gel but... The, you don't get time Not as a, as a Rangers player You've got to come in Hit the ground run You've got to win games of football That's the demand on you As soon as you mm. sign for Rangers Football Club You have to win games of football mm. and Stating the obvious a bit But the nature of this competition Marvin means that the You know the sort of Look it's only the first game bit For Kilmarnock mm -hmm. That wasn't even doing it For some of the Rangers fans But it's at least valid It's the first game of the season You've got 37 to go but, you know, As Cammy says You, you you could almost stretch it to say you're looking to put this tie to bed tonight. You know, not not just hanging it, going over to to Switzerland. Yeah, and you know, it now becomes knockout football, doesn't it? And it's worth an awful lot of money. You know, they have two games that they have to have a better aggregate score than their opponents. It's that simple, really. And like you said, losing a league game, there's 37 other games to go. But within this, there's not. You know, and the players will know that. And is it a pressure? Yeah, but it's a pressure they have to thrive under. You know, Michael mm. Bill will be well aware of that. But like you're saying, players do need time to settle in whether you're in a Glasgow club or not mm. players need time to settle in and, and you know Michael Bill needs to get the best 11 out there possible tonight David enjoy your night if you can what about Andy who is a Rangers fan who specifically I think is somewhere in and around Ibrox Andy have you arrived already I was just uh, arriving here Patrick good evening panel good evening Gordon have you had far to travel Andy 
Uh, Newcastle, me and my wee boy Charlie's in the car, he's seven uh, We come up for the games from Newcastle That definitely counts as far I was impressed with um, Cammy Bell drives from Annan Cammy drives from <laughs> Annan to Clyde Bank to do this show which Marvin and I always really appreciate his effort and he always still gets here before Marvin <laughs> um, but I must say Newcastle to Ibrox is a good shift Andy is it going to be a journey worth your while that's the question I hope so and actually my dad Charlie watches you religiously from Australia on now on YouTube so I'll oh, wow. say hello to him as well Hi, and Charlie. he's a Celtic fan so that's a whole other conversation <laughs> um, but yeah I hope so um, the weekend it wasn't just bad, it was a nothing performance, there was nothing there at all and I think what worried me is we've got two issues one, the new players need to gel and that's a whole new forward line the, the old problem exists though of Von Harisic, James Tavernier and John Lundstrom Lundstrom shouldn't be in the team any time we've got Raskin playing, we don't need that and it, it changes the tempo of the team in a negative way and for me Barisic and James Tavernier aren't the same players they were, particularly Barisic from a few years ago They've lost the pace and we reverted to tight, just hammering crosses into the box. And you remember last year, David Martindale saying how he knew how Rangers would play with Livingston and Highbrooks, and they'll just hammer crosses into the box and come out, just, just mopped everything up. So for me, I think we need to be looking at a new left back. I hear that we've told Barisic and Vidvan Yilmaz to move on uh, today. And for, I'd love the Saudis to come in and pay James Tavernier to go because um, he's been a good servant. But I see a lot of issues still in the fullback areas. I certainly saw that rumour, if you like, about Yilmaz in particular, which, which would leave Rangers short. Maybe something Michael Beale can shed some light on uh, tonight as to whether it is just rumour. Andy is talking about, you know, just lumping crosses into the box and it's not working. The funny thing is about this, I was going to say this Rangers team, maybe that's not quite true because there's so many players, but, but Rangers as a club over the last couple of seasons, this is where they've done their best stuff. In games like this, isn't it? Yeah, of course, they, once they got to the, the real elite level, Champions League wasn't vintage last season. But they got through two qualifying rounds to get there. You look at what they did in the European uh, campaign before that. And then even in the seasons before, they had to go right from round one and, and made it through. I don't know, is there enough in the building that that carries, that, that carries on and you can draw draw from that experience? Yeah, I, I think they've got to believe, certainly, this is the start of a, a long journey, hopefully, for Rangers. Um, but it starts here tonight after a huge disappointment. But again, they've got to have dusted themselves down from Saturday night. Um, poor performance, let the fans down, let themselves down as well. Um, but they can rectify that tonight by putting a good performance on. As I say, getting this tie to bed tonight, a 3-4-0 victory, make sure you're comfortable going over there and it's not becoming a sticky tie because again, Servette, they've beat a good Genk team. Um, and oh, I mean, they brought two goals back against Genk with 10 men um, after five minutes. I think they got the guy sent off. So they are a resilient team. They, they're going to be really organised. They're going to make it difficult for Rangers to break them down tonight. Probably similar to what they faced against Kilmarnock. So that's why they need to be slick with their pass and move the ball really fast get Servette moving about the pitch and create them opportunities and I think that's where Cantwell and Raskin are going to come into this and be really key tonight that they they'll get on the ball in good space and can create them opportunities What is the deal with John Lundstrom Andy? Is he becoming a, a bit of a target for the Rangers fans? Do you know what? His career started poorly the kind of first four months under Gerrard and he couldn't really get himself in the team and then from around the end of January through to the May he had that renaissance in the European run where he was brilliant and to be honest the same as Calvin Bassey who only had four good months at Rangers but got us a, a lot of money and a move for me that's been the outlier and ever since then Lundstrom's been ineffective to poor 
we need that replacement. I think that's going to be Sifuentes when he plays because he's an energetic box-to-box midfielder, something we've lacked for many years. And I think that midfield of Raskin, Campwell and Sifuentes will be the three going forward with Jack there as a backup. Um, but for me, again, Lundstrom's another one that should probably move on. He's on massive wages, given he came as a free from Sheffield United and he slows the pace down. And short of a few months, he's, he's been a poor signing. Well, we won't be far away from team news. Andy will have all his queries answered. Thanks to Andy. Hopefully it's not a wasted drive for you. And we'll take more of your calls and hopefully get team news from Ibrox next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Cami Bell are here You can call us on the usual number As we build up to Rangers against Servette You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB Head over there You will find cutting edge analysis Such as Granty Who says First time watching the show Congratulations to Cami On his role in the Boyzone tribute band Oh, oh <laughs> love that mate Incredible I like that guy uh, Just wait yeah. to the next chorus When he stands up off his chair as well And belts you out all half <laughs> How smug for a guy nah, wearing a Queen of the South track suit. I've been since Saturday, Honestly, so leave me alone, lads. Were you, in, were you in a bad mood on Saturday? Oh, bad. Because we were obviously on air and... Didn't you score first though, yeah? Yeah, after two minutes. So we were we were giving you the big build-up and then how bad did it get? Four, one uh, down, no? Three, no, one down? Three, three, one, three, two, mm. and then four, two before half-time. Are you a, are you a shouter? When? Generally, a bit uh, specifically. No, Saturday. no, not, not really. Um, but yeah, there were some choice words. At half time, angry man. Yeah, I wasn't. I was so. That's the most upset I've been. I think forty five minutes of football. Look how an, think how animated he gets on beat the pundit. Can you imagine how he gets three one down at home on the first day of the league season? I covered a game um, Queens v Motherwell League mm-hmm. Cup, and he was animated that was night. Was he alright? Was he? He was okay, but he was he was a little bit animated on the sidelines. There we go. Anyway, right back to the phone lines. We'll let him calm down as the night goes on. Stuart is in Cardonald. How are you, Stuart? Are you well? Yeah, I'm fine. How, good evening, Pan. How are you doing? Yeah, all good here. What about tonight then, Stuart? What needs fixed from the weekend? I know that might be a, a long answer, but take yeah, it away. Well, first thing is definitely Todd Cantwell right back in. Uh, so I'd play Jack alongside Cantwell with Raskin in behind. Roof on the right, Lammers on the left, and Daniel Spearhead in that attack. Definitely, for me anyway. You know. I feel. Yeah. I mean, sure. I think you're right in the sense like anything's possible because we're so early in the season. But how do you see the guys that you've sort of dropped out? Yeah. When do they get up to speed? You know, do they get brought out because of that one game? How how's that balance going to look for Michael Beale? I know it's uh, it's unfortunate at a club the size of Rangers and Celtic. You know, they don't get much time. And uh, the one worry for me, if I'm being honest, from pre-season to the Kilmarnock game is. Usually when you sign a player uh, for a few million pounds, you see a glimpse of them. You see, you go, oh yeah, that's why we signed him. I've not seen much from them apart from Lammers, if I'm being honest. Uh, so that is the one worry for me. But listen, we've not, I, I trust Bill. I trust Michael Bill. He's done his research, his homework on these players and they will come good. And that's what I believe anyway. I still think Rangers will come good this season. Marvin, this is the challenge because you sign all these new players, and then 
want to swap them for a new set of players after one game but at the same time that one game was poor and you're entitled to ask for change so how do you strike that balance? Yeah I think you know there's, there's a difficulty in doing it Gordon like you're saying I think the first thing that Michael Bill will be doing with the players is explaining and showing them the reason it did go wrong you know I think that's the most important thing for these players to learn they have to realise why it went wrong not just because you know they're moving the ball too slowly etc etc they didn't stick to the game plan clearly because they lost the game 1-0 so first and foremost he gets those new players, well, all the players, this is the reason it went wrong. And then he looks for reaction in training. I think that's where you can really tell who's going to be up for today's game. Look for reaction in training, whoever trains the best plays. And, you know, if he needs to make changes again in terms of the starting 11, then he will. You know, Cantwell, as we're saying, and, and Stuart's saying there, will definitely come back in. Um, but, you know, changes alongside that, I'm sure there'll be a few more. I'm not, I'm not sure Ruth will start wide right, but maybe, you know, Stuart can be right with that one. Well, here we are. You're all about to find out, Stuart. Hang on, listen carefully. Andrew McLean is going to tell you. Uh, Stuart, I think you got some of what you were looking for there. Does that satisfy you? Yeah, definitely. That's I definitely satisfied. I was one player out, so not too bad. But can I just say, listen, I tell my nine-year-old boy the son this all the time, see if you don't match their team's intensity. And don't win your individual battle You'll not win a game And that's what happened on Saturday Come on You know I'm, what I mean So these players need to be up for this I've just got visions of Stuart at the dinner table Backing <laughs> these orders to his poor nine year old He's like Leave it out dad See My intensity's fine Just let me enjoy my beans um, What do you make of the team? Yeah um, Listen I, I think there's a, a number of changes there Obviously three Not too many um, But I think they're the right changes for me in the right areas, I think one of the key players we spoke about all night is, is Todd Cantwell's back in. Um, I, I, it's probably a mistake that Michael Beale didn't play him at the weekend. I think he probably hedged his bets that they were going to be good enough on Saturday night to win that game, and, and they didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I feel as if it's probably the team we were kind of expecting, I would say. Yeah, and you know, with Jack coming in to play alongside Raskin, I think it gives Cantwell the freedom to roam a little yeah. bit more. Um, I think those two would be the, the two solid ones within there and they'll look to win the ball back and you know play the ball into him as early as they mm. possibly can um, to let him create. I, I know there's a lot of interest on the Cantwell inclusion because of the, you know, the absence at the weekend, but really under any other circumstances, the headline is, is Danilo, surely the highest profile of the summer yep. signings, I suppose, the one that's arrived to the most fanfare, all the usual caveats about it being early in the season and so on, but you make big signings in your number nine position, they're there to get you to the Champions League, aren't they? Yeah, this is the reason those players have been brought in. Um, you know, definitely to get Rangers to the Champions League. And, you know, when Michael Bield is speaking to these players and sending them out over the course of the summer and, 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 you know, prior to the summer as well, he'd been saying to them, the Champions League is the big one first and foremost because that's the first thing we can get into. And then you look on to, you know, the League Cup and then the league and the Scottish Cup. So, yeah, this is the start of it for them. You know, they need a win today. They need to get through this. Obviously, they look like they'll face PSV if they do get through this. But first and foremost, let's take care of this tie. Still feeling confident, Stuart. It's the same sort of question, isn't it? It's hard to not look at tonight through the lens of Saturday. Did, did, did Saturday... I mean, how much did it shock you? Has it, has it caused you to worry about the rest of the season? Or do you start that recovery tonight and not look back? Yeah. Uh, I was totally shocked. I mean, uh, like every other Rangers fan, you know, obviously all the sirens for quite a bit of money as well. So you're expecting at least, and, you know, I knew it was going to be a hard uh, game at Rugby Park, but I was like, just get the three points up the road and that'll do. But I was very alarmed. I mean, I didn't even know what the game plan was at times. I was like, what, what are they doing? You know, it was just very unlike us. And yeah, but... Listen, as I said before, I really believe these players are going to come good and hopefully that starts tonight. 
That, that will be one to watch out for because the, the game plan or lack of for some people has taken a lot of stick since the weekend, Cammy. Was that specifically to deal with Kilmarnock? Was it specifically to deal with the pitch? Are Rangers going to play entirely different tonight? How do you see it going? Yeah, no, I think um, they would have had a game plan for that pitch and for that game. Um, Kilmarnock always make it difficult for, for teams going to Rugby Park. They had a great record last season at Rugby Park, so it was always going to be a difficult game, as Stuart said. But it was all about getting the points and, and moving on from there. But I don't think the the players stuck to the game plan the, the way that Michael Beale probably explained it to them. Because for me, at times watching that game, they didn't look as if they knew how to break Kilmarnock down. They didn't realise, like, again, you've got to be inventive on the pitch as well. And when you've got players at, at this price tags and they're getting paid this amount of money, they should be able to come up with creativity themselves. And that was the biggest disappointment for me was that the Kilmarnock goalie didn't really have an, any... Mm top save to make and that that's a surprise for me when you normally go away from home I've been there myself in a lesser ASPL team and, and you play against the old firm you have to make a number of big saves in them game and that was a disappointment for me that Rangers didn't really work on that goalkeeper We used to hear this a lot Marvin that actually Rangers are better suited to playing in Europe because teams will open up a bit and the real thing they struggle with is breaking down those low blocks or whatever the modern coaching terminology is so there's been something about European football at times that's that's clicked. Was that a Kilmarnock specific thing at the weekend? Is, is Michael Beale, or is that is that his way for this season? No, I think that will be his way for this season. But as Cammy said, you know, did the players stick to the game plan um, that Michael Beale set them out with? Um, obviously, didn't play out the way that he saw it. Um, I don't think you know when you're at Rangers and without being disrespectful to anybody else, out with Cirk, I don't think you change your game plan. I think there's a reason you are at the club that you are. There's a reason they pay the wages that they do pay. So those players have to break these teams down. That, it's that simple. You know, Rangers don't go into that Kilmarnock game thinking, you know, yes, they know about Kilmarnock's strengths, but at the end of the day, they know if they perform and Kilmarnock perform, there's only one winner. So on Saturday, Michael Beale will look at that and say, we didn't perform. So, yeah, you know, it will be the Michael Beale well, but way, but they'll expect to, you know, do a lot better in games and, like Cammy said, work the goalkeeper. So you've got the team news, Rangers against Servette. Let's hear from the Rangers manager, Michael Beale as a coach you know there's you're a very very privileged position you know you these are your guys you work with them every day you know you know the hopes and aims they've got you don't go on the pitch with them but you give them a plan and you go on there and you want them to execute it and you know how much it means to everybody people inside the club that are investing in it and the board members the fans that are invested because it's their so I think I'm in a hugely privileged position. You have to remember that. You know, we've obviously the last few days have not been ideal with the result of the weekend, but I wouldn't want to switch position with anybody else. I, I love the job that I have. It's a huge privilege and it's important we go out on the pitch super positive to, to attack this game. Right, keep the calls coming then. What did you make of that team news? Is that what you wanted to see? Would you have made some different alterations? Let us know. But before we do that, let me run this past you. Oh, yeah, yes, Pavel from Irvine and his family are going to go on their first holiday since before COVID, thanks to the cash register. Yes, oh yes, thank you. Oh my God, can't believe it. Oh no, I just I, I need to sit down. Wait a second. <laughs> This is the perfect timing right now. Thank you. Oh, What a holiday it's going to be with that amount of money. Now it's your chance to win £59,059 tomorrow when we make the call. Just imagine 
how many new players Marvin Bartley could sign for Queen of the South <laughs> after the weekend's defeat. £59,059 to enter. Text yes to 61025. That's Y E S to 61025. If you get the call from us after 3pm on Thursday the 9th of August, answer within five rings. Make sure you know the correct cash register amount. The texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or you can call 0330-880-4523. Calls are charged at a standard rate and it's over 18s only. All the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on the website. All the best. Text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £59,059. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard One hour to kick off at Ibrox Between Rangers and Servette Massive Champions League qualifier We've given you the teams If you want to react to them now is the place to do it It is a big night but of course there's a lot of other stuff going on So Celtic fans, why not get your calls in uh, And we'll hear from Brendan Rodgers uh, in the not too distant future Let's just round off Reaction to that Team news from Ibrooks though Carolyn Is a Rangers fan On the line What are you thinking Tonight Carolyn Good evening panel How are you guys Oh good To you You well Hi No bad um, Just like to Just get a voice My own opinion What I viewed At the weekend Was absolutely Disappointed For it Being a Rangers fan I'm, I'm sure I'm sure There's a few folk That's kind of suffering With the result And uh, Credit to Kamalak we came out the charts flying there uh, and we've done quite well but the team selection for me I thought it was the wrong team he selected two I would never have had Cantwell sitting on a bench he seems to be the main man for us and he seems to be doing a, the proper job and with him and Raskin together they're absolutely amazing together I uh, didn't see why they brought Connor Golson coming in after being injured it was me and coming straight in to a first team starting 11 to me that, I, I, that was a disappointment I think Big Balligan would have done a, a good job in there as well um, well my concern is is the formations you know the way the, the way Bill's got them playing with wing backs and you can see gaps on the field and I felt they were playing through the middle dead it was quite narrow there was no width there I mean I would rather we went back to traditional kind of way going back to Fullbacks with were wingers there running the channels. I just think it was very, very poor. Mm. And even the strike force, the final third was shock, absolutely shocking to me. I, I'm just really unhappy. I've thought Cantwell. I would have had Jack or Hadji on. I'd had these three players on. I would never have had Cantwell for a start on the bench. I don't know what Michael Beale's thinking of there, but I heard them saying the other day there. I but we'll get 37 games or something like that to play. These three points are crucial to us. See when it comes to the four old firm games, that could be a decider for us to take the league. And I spoke the other week on here about bringing silverware. For me, that's a poor start. That's absolutely ridiculous. I think his head must have been thinking he was playing friendly still and giving some players a run it. Mm. Well, that that see the thing about width, I think, is a really good argument or debate call it what you, you want it is the Michael Beale way to, to play that narrower Andy Halliday gave us a bit of an insight into it the other night having worked under it you know have that sort of front three or four really close together bit of fluidity there as well but yeah with that you, you're sacrificing obvious width and we know you know Ryan Kent's not there anymore even though he played a more 
maybe narrow role last season. Is that, is that just something that's going to have to be refined through time? Yeah, it is. And it's something that the players are going to have to get used to. And, and as we said earlier on the show, find a way. Because, you know, if Rangers would have played exactly the same way, but 1-3-1 one, one or 3-0, then, you know, these things aren't said. I'm sure Michael Bill said in one of his, his kind of interviews, everyone's going to have something to say now on the style and say they should have done this or should have done that. Again, we've seen Rangers play with before in certain games and not win them. So... If Michael Beale's deciding to go over style, it's about perfecting that style, you know, not only for him and his coaching staff, but also for the players. You know, there's obviously a reason that he wanted to play that way. He thought he could break Kilmarnock down and they haven't done it. So that's probably why he's, you know, made a three changes today because, yes, he wasn't happy with the performance the same way as, you know, every single Rangers fan. They want to see more. He wants to see more. But, you know, when he sends players out there, he needs more from them. So if they're not going to execute the game plan, then that's, you know, over to them and he'll keep changing it until they do so. Let's not start rewriting things. People always do it very quickly. So I want to get the tone of this right. I'm not saying it, it, all of a sudden everyone should say Rangers are missing Ryan Kent, right? Because he got slaughtered every week last year and it was apparently he was ineffective and it, it was time to move on. But it is, it's, a diff- it's a different look to that attack. Even if he's good or he's bad, he, he would occupy people and it's different. Yeah, they, listen, they were, the final third, they were disjointed. They, it didn't work for them. They, if they're playing narrow, they've got to get them intricate passes correct and, and make sure they're, they're hurting the opposition. And they didn't do that on Saturday night. It was it was just disappointing. Going forward, they looked as if they ran out of ideas um, going forward as well. And that's what I was a little bit disappointed with, that when it wasn't working for long periods in the game, and it, it, I don't think there was any real periods where Rangers really dominated the last five minutes. They, they put Kilmarnock under a bit of pressure, but I think Kilmarnock drop off the game then and just try and see it out. I was surprised there wasn't a, 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 a kind of big change in the formation to try and change it, make Kilmarnock think about the game um, a little bit more. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just, for me, it was just too easy for Kilmarnock. Mm. That's what disappointed me yeah. the most. Uh, are you worried about tonight, Carolyn? Um, I've seen the team selection. It's good to see that we've got uh, Cantwell starting along with Jack. They're asking. I think the three playing together are solid. Um, and hopefully, I was a wee bit unconfident there earlier on, but I've seen the team selection, and I think he knows he's had to change it and bring in different players. Lundstrom slows the game down, but um, it's a wee bit of concern. I know it's just the start of the season, but you're paying 500, 600 quid for a season book, and you want to see... You know, good football. Instead of watching that, that was just shocking. But uh, hopefully, the team. That's. I'm quite happy with the team tonight. Hopefully, we can go and get a result. You're hoping to take advantage, Marvin, as well. Andrew told us, and we had a Swiss football expert last night. Servet are missing a number of first team players through injury. I think one even had a visa issue as well. So, like the. Yeah, these things can happen, but you've got to take advantage, surely, if you're Rangers. Yeah, they will be looking to take advantage of it. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure going into that game, Rangers didn't care who you know was available for the other team. You have to worry about themselves. And I keep saying this when you're a team of of that size. Um, it's, you know, it's the same with Celtic. You have to take care of your own business. You know, if, no matter what happens, no matter what the opposition does, you have to find a way. And you know, that's the important thing that Rangers stick to their guns in the way that they're going to play under Michael Bill and they get it right. Um, but yeah, they have to take advantage of that, definitely, Gordon. As Cammy said, you know, they want to go away with a, a wide lead into the second leg. What do you make of Carolyn's worry, if you like, that this Rangers team lacks width? Yeah, no, I understand. And like you said there with kind of the Ryan Kent thing, you know, a lot of people last season were, were speaking kind of ill of him and he wasn't doing that much. But, you know, I've been in, in teams obviously when I was at Livingston preparing to play against Rangers. And one thing you always did is when Ryan Kent got the ball, you needed to double up on him which meant there was space for somebody else, maybe on the other side or running through the middle. So it wasn't always Ryan Kent getting assists or getting goals, but because he was playing, 
you know, you were definitely worried about him. There wasn't a game that we went into at Livingston and we were like, forget about Ryan Kent leaving 1v1 because you knew he had it within him to create that spark. And that's not something you could afford to happen when you were playing against Rangers. So yes, they are missing that now. Uh, Michael Beale's gone down a different route, but I'm sure there's other mm. players in those four days that has a spark as well. We just didn't see it on Saturday, but guess what? It's only 90 minutes. It's a long way to go. <laughs> We'll find out when the game starts, but the, Craig, the Swiss football expert last night, was saying, you know, I, it's not really in Servette's style to, to just sit in and make life difficult for Rangers, but look at the defensive performance they put on to get here with 10 men, you know, from the f- fifth minute onwards. They have got the scheduling in their favour and that, you know, they would absolutely take a draw tonight, wouldn't they, and, and try and go back over to Switzerland. So you wonder if it might play out more like a domestic game for Rangers in that sense. Yeah, I, I think that they'll come and sit behind the ball. I think when you're missing eight players and you're going away from home in such a big game, you know, it would be football suicide, you know, to, to, to go and, and, and potentially attack. So I think they will sit behind the game and they will try and defend and maybe hit Rangers on the counter-attack. Also looking at Rangers' result from Sunday, um, you know, as, as the manager and, and the players will be saying, well, if we can get through the first 15 minutes and keep them quiet, all of a sudden, you know, the fans, you know, Caroline's saying there, the fans are expecting... If they don't see that instantly, then, you know, they could get on the Rangers players' back and then all of a sudden, you know, it makes it more of a level playing field. Servette have got real resilience. So as we, as we spoke about their result against Genk away, away from home, um, to go down to 10 men so early in the game and then go down two goals to to come back to two each and win on penalties, that, that shows real guts and resilience. They've also got their 10 competitive games into the season as well that they've played. So... They're, they're going to be a danger for Rangers Rangers really do need to play well tonight To get this game to bed um, But I think you're right Mav See the first 15-20 minutes is so important for Rangers They need to start the game right Good tempo And try and hurt this Servette team early mm. on Marvin's been called out Okay On YouTube Bernadette is not happy with you She what? says Is Marv glued to his phone? I thought they were banned <laughs> You better be looking up Servette's yeah, I was looking, recent form I was looking formation. up football stuff I was on um, Can I say which app I was on? Footmob Right okay I'd Never like heard to use that. that No? Really good one um, So yeah I was looking stuff up sure? Bernadette yeah. Bernadette zoom in If he's looking at anything <laughs> untoward You tell me I'm glad you've got my back on here 01419511025 That's the number you need right now as well For this the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online the Scottish slash football every night I find a new fascination with beat the pundit tonight it could be Cammy Bell's debut in front of the cameras or indeed yours because you were here last week but you didn't play did you? no I didn't play I don't didn't play, play again can you uh, Cammy because you've seen him on a Wednesday night can you imagine no him? I, I was a, I had a stink at the last thing <laughs> I won though Oh yeah, I remember Remember that The phone lines are blowing up To take on these two Both hopeless 01419511025 And the lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Cammy Bell Are here at 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Massive night for Rangers In Champions League Qualification action At Ibrox So keep your thoughts Coming on that We've given you teams We will go back to Ibrox This seems like a good time though To move on and hear From Brendan Rodgers So Celtic fans He's been speaking today He wants everyone To be realistic About Celtic's Champions League ambitions This season So I wonder what you make Of those comments uh, And he says He is looking to add To the squad Not just for Carl Starfelt's replacement But for other 
areas as well What areas might he be talking about Let us know right now And we'll try and get you on after this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, beat the pundit time And what a choice you have tonight You have Marvin Bartley Who has a love-hate relationship with beat the pundit And whose head's gone After Queen of the South <laughs> lost their opening fixture of the season on Saturday Or Cammy Bell Who was in a stag doing Ibiza last week <laughs> And probably Wasn't keeping up to speed on football Is that is that accurate? That's uh, very accurate How long were you there for? Um, three days Well it's four days kind of Three nights But it felt like a Oof, month Jeez And it's going to take another month to get over Never again My head's still fuzzy <laughs> yeah, Please drink responsibly And all that I think I'm <laughs> legally obliged to tell you Let's bring in tonight's contestant Who's Ryan on the line How's it going Ryan? Hey right, panel, how's it going? Ryan, it says you're in Portugal. Is this where you live or is this a holiday? No, no, I'm just on holiday for a couple of days with my girlfriend and our family. Brilliant. Ryan, I've I've seen this before. Is it that time of the night where they're all getting ready and you thought I'm just gonna phone and beat the pundit? That's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> Absolutely love, love that. that. Because it's incredible, like just that thought process. What well, I'm getting, I know what'll do. I'll phone and beat the pundit. <laughs> and How, lose. How's the how's the holiday been going? Yeah, well, good. We just got here last night, so first day by the pool that day. A couple right. of drinks, and now then out for dinner after. So he's so bored on day one that he's phoning us. I'm worried about the day rest. Day one? Are the in-laws listening, Ryan? <laughs> uh, I hope so. He's no bother. He's, <laughs> he's on his own. Right, anyway, let's let um, Ryan get back to it. So what we'll do is we'll toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be Cammy Bell. If it's tails, it will be Marvin Bartley. It's going to be a debut for one of them this season. And it's tails. It's Marvin Bartley. Yeah, yes, on. up against. What do you mean? Yes, <laughs> Ryan in Portugal. So let's give Marvin some greatest hits radio to listen to. Wait, go on. I'm getting hot again. Into my jump rope. Oh, hurry up, honestly. Oh my God, have you ever seen such a thing? <laughs> Nervous. Oh, look, accidentally, oh, oh. accidentally flashing his six pack to the right, cameras. Right at the camera. Oh, I just hate it when that happens. Don't Come on, Ryan. Let's go. Right, let's give Marvin some greatest hits radio to listen to. Thirty seconds, Ryan. Answer as many as you can. And you're fine to pass and move on to the next one if you want, okay? Okay. Right, good man. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Which player scored Hart's 8,000th goal at the weekend? Uh, Oda. Who was the last Hart, uh, the last player Celtic signed from Motherwell? Uh, Turnbull. Other than Rangers, name one of the Scottish teams Davy Weir played for. Uh, Motherwell. What Marie Osmond's song is Comarnock's anthem? <laughs> Which team play their home games at the City Stadium in Scotland? Who was the last Rangers player to score a hat-trick? Fashion Sakala. If I was sat in the Norrie McCarthy stand, what football ground would I be at? Pass. These were very tough, Ryan, I must say. Let's bring Marvin back. Marvin, can you hear us? Yeah. They are so tough. Oh, can't wait. Very, very tough. Can't wait. I'm sweating. You both met John, the new producer of the show, on your way in. I think you're going to be having words with him when you hear hear these. Yeah. Same set of questions, 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Which player scored Hart's 8,000th goal at the weekend? Oda. Who was the last player Celtic signed from Motherwell? Shifty. Other than Rangers, name one of the Scottish teams that DV Weir played for. Pass. Uh, What Marie Osmond song is Kilmarnock's anthem? Oh, pass. What? What Scottish team play their home games at the City Stadium? <laughs> Pass. Who was the last Rangers player to score a hat trick? Morelos. If I was in the Norrie McCarthy stand, what football ground oh, would I be at? Do me a favour, man. 
Dumb button. Look at the look on his face. And now it is actually you can physically <sighs> see the look on his face. That's incredible. Mad. That, you're, you're right. Incredible. I don't what's the point of me seeing your answers? That doesn't make any difference, can me. Look, it was like a petrol. Ryan, right, how did you do, mate? Which player scored Hearts 8,000 goal at the weekend? That makes it sound like they scored 8,000 at the weekend. I like that. Um, <laughs> to be, you both went Oda and you were both wrong. It was the other one. <laughs> I wrote Shanklin. It was Shanklin. Yeah. Oh, well done, I didn't know that. That's a good learning point for you tonight. Who was the last player Celtic signed from Motherwell? Uh, Turnbull. David Turnbull. Uh, Ryan got it. Yeah, well done, Ryan. It could be costly. Uh, what did he say? Chief G. <laughs> I mean, that's... just move on, Gordon, please. But hold on, you can moan about the rest of them, and I'm sure you will. But that's an easy one. That's poor for me. Exactly. Yeah. Other than Rangers, name one Scottish team Davy Weir played for. Hearts or Falkirk. None of you got it. It's one nil to Ryan. I wonder if Kilmarnock's Cammy Bell would get this. See, that's the difference. This. What Marie Osmond song is Kilmarnock's anthem? Paper Roses. Played by eight teams in Scotland. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> You're going to sing it for us. No, Hugh would sing it. I knew Hugh, that. Oh. Did you actually? Did you get it, Ryan? No, I didn't get it. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, you knew it, mate. Okay. And this is a sneaky one as well. I think this is probably another. I think this is a former team of Cami Bells. Which Scottish team plays their home games at the City Stadium? It's it's not a trick question, but it's sneaky because that's the name of Queens Park Stadium. Oh, so it is. It's just been named that they play their first game there this weekend. So it's one in the nights, nil. by the way. 1-0 to Ryan Have you ever had a nil before? Well if you lose You lose What's the point It doesn't matter If it's 4-3 oh, or 1-0 Oh believe me <laughs> Believe me It's different It is different <laughs> Who was the last Rangers player To score a hat trick? Ryan said Sakala I think And yeah. you said Morelos <laughs> It's Kamar Roof Oh Do you have Don't that? Swear. No I never got that No Against St Mirren In April 2022 <laughs> Swear. <laughs> <laughs> and you've at least I know for a fact you've been there the Norrie McCarthy stand Dunfermline so none it's of you got one. it which means Ryan gets one and Marvin gets his first zero it's been a long time coming his behaviour has been disgraceful <laughs> and beat the pundit for a for however long he's been on the show and he's finally got decent. justice right now Ryan fair play fair well play done, for winning well that well done Ryan one, mate. Tremendous. Enjoy your holiday. Could you stare right down that camera over there, please, and just describe to us how it feels to get a zero? It hurts. It, it does hurt a lot. Um, and I will be putting a petition together to re replace the producer. So if you want to sign that, just come across to my socials and we'll get that put together. You might need to replace him because by the looks of it, that wasn't that camera that was on. Because oh. I could see the light was on that one. But oh, anyway, cheers, I was told it was automatic. And if you spoke, that one would, would pick happen, you up. Yeah. You would think, yeah. honestly, technology in these days. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Ryan. And Marvin Bartley's first ever zero. What was worse, Saturday or... Oh, Sam, please... <laughs> Can we leave me alone? <laughs> you know Saturday was bad for Queen of the South, right? For anyone who who wasn't aware, because Marvin Bartley, it's Wednesday night. He should be over it by now. He was showing Cammy Bell the goals they conceded on his phone uh, at ten to six this evening. So yes. um, 
That Need Academy's expert advice on them. Sandra and says, that's what he did. <laughs> Sandra says, even better watching Big Marv lose than listening. <laughs> oh, that's my mum's name. It's probably my mum. Joy to the nation. Anyway, I think Ryan's actually still on the line. Ryan, uh, as a Celtic fan, I know you're out in your holidays, but what are you thinking? You'll be happy with the start, I'm sure. Yeah, happy with the start, with Rangers dropping points and that, but I was optimistic end of last season about Europe, but for the comments today, not really looking forward to the Champions League anymore, but see what happens. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm about to play them, um, but the gist is Brendan Rodgers wants a bit, he was kind of underlining just how tough it is. Were you you hoping for a more aggressive, bullish approach? Yeah, it's obviously a big difference, the sort of approach Ange had to it last season and the comments he gave regarding Europe. Uh, but I guess just see how it goes. Take it for there. Yeah, Celtic fans, now's a great time to call because we're going to play those comments. Thanks again to Ryan. The sign ball is on its way, not to Portugal, incidentally. Where are we sending it, Ryan? <laughs> uh, Cumbernauld. Ah, that's fine, a bit closer. Thanks again to Ryan uh, on the line. Let's hear th- those comments I've been alluding to. And Celtic fans, I want to know what you make of them. Uh, Brendan Rogers, he does. He wants fans to have a more realistic expectation from the Champions League. Well, it's always going to be a challenge. You know, I like to develop teams and improve players and, and you know, with five odd weeks or so to go before that game I would think we'd be in a better place. So um but whatever squad we have here it's always going to be a huge challenge. You know, I'm also a realist. I I like supporters to dream, I like to dream of doing great things with Celtic, but I'm also realist. But I know that when we arrive into it we'll be given our very best shot at the at the competition and, and see where it takes us. When you look at the, the the finances involved and, and the players at that level and it's a huge challenge absolutely huge challenge I think a club like ourselves it's, it's always going to be that you know where, where the game is at and where economically we are at in, in comparison to a lot of those clubs there it is a challenge but it, it, it's a competition and we want to be really competitive in it and be the best that we can be in it and that, that's our plan To some people that will be met with a shrug of the shoulders and say it's true, it's a big challenge mm-hmm. What's the fuss? You've already heard from Ryan Just maybe wanted a bit more, I don't know, fighting talk I think the fighting talk is there though I think he says at the end, you know We want to be competitive and be the best, you know, we can um, So let's, listen, Celtic and Brendan Waters aren't going into the Champions League Just going to roll over for teams um, As he said at the start, he wants to improve players And obviously improve the team um, but he's also being realistic and I think sometimes that's something we fail to do. There was teams that spend ridiculous amount of money um, on players, on individual players and then you know, look at their teams collectively, what they're worth and, you know, it dwarfs what we have in, in our squads um, when it goes into Europe. But, you know, Brendan will attack the games you know as best he possibly can and will look for positive results. As I said, he's not rolling over, he's just being realistic in terms of where they are financially compared to other teams. What do you make of it? Yeah, again, I think if he again if listen if Brent Rogers had finished that with it's a challenge that we're up for and we can achieve, then I think it puts a different spin. It. I think they just never used that, but I think he is just being realistic. Definitely, Celtic will go into that competition wanting to progress, and, and Brendan Rogers will be expecting to progress in behind the scenes. But I don't think he just wants to be out there saying, "Look, we we are definitely going to." to qualify and, and then it, they don't and it becomes a flat season for them or it becomes a disappointment and maybe I think he's been a little bit clever with his words there and just making sure that he's he's back and he's he, mm-hmm. he's covering his own sort of his self a little bit and, and the team in case it doesn't go the way they want but I think they've got enough I think they've got a good 
good squad there and I do think they've got every chance of qualifying. But at the same time, Ryan's take was I'd rather he said the things that Ange said last year and Celtic finished fourth in the group anyway. So when, you know, when it's all said and done, does it make much difference? No, it doesn't because talk is cheap, isn't it? It's what, it's what the team does out there on the football pitch. Um, so yeah, it doesn't make... Listen, obviously we all love it you know, when our manager comes out and says certain things. But as I said, Brendan will be working, you know, every hour God sends, you know, leading up to that game, those games in the Champions League and leading up to every league game as well to be the best version that Celtic can be. So, yes, he's not came out and said maybe things that people wanted to hear. But as I said, don't think that Celtic will be rolling over because they mm. won't be. And then either way, whether you want more fighting talk, whether you want more realism, it's actually hard to lay that down without knowing who the group is. Yeah, we, yeah. we can we can broad brush and say the Champions League is hard, of mm -hmm. course it is, but there are various degrees of difficulty within that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they can draw absolutely anybody. Um, you know, obviously it's all, it's all seeded, so you're going to get you know two very very difficult teams to play against. But like you said, you know, even within the, the top seeds, there's various different teams of kind of different levels. So it is tough for him to, to say too much about it without even knowing who they're playing. Also, what I would say is I think it'll be really depend on the players that they can bring in between now and then as well, because there's an opportunity to bring a number of players in to, so Brendan can have his own players in the building as well. Um, and I would imagine he will do that over the next coming weeks, that he'll bring two or three players to to bring a better quality of player to, to Celtic Football Club. Yeah, get the calls in on that, Celtic fans. There's more to come in the way of recruitment talk as well, which I know is always a good one uh, at this time of the year. Gets everyone uh, going. You can tweet us, you can call us and let us know what you are uh, thinking. Um, P is on Twitter, says, give us a good run, try and secure Europa League, depending on our draw, it's a real possibility. But I don't like how he's already playing us down before the season starts, says P. Um... I wonder if a lot of you agree with that or you don't, maybe don't see any any issues. Brennan says, we had to strengthen, if we're honest, the loss of Jota and Starfield and if there's rumours maybe Hatati, we would be a lot weaker. Fans expect better performances in Europe this season, but our defence gives me the fear. Let's speak to Jerry in Uddingston. What are you thinking, Jerry? Good evening, gentlemen. Hope you're well. Good, thank you. Good. Um, to be honest with you, the comments at the press conference don't faze me at all. Um, you know, obviously, whether we're a success in Europe or not, it's not going to be dependent on a press conference answer there. I stop questions from the press. But I think for me, what, what I'm expecting to see from Celtic this year is I've been a little bit more pragmatic. Um, I think if you look at our performances last year, there were some really good performances, uh, particularly both games against Shakhtar, the home game against Real Madrid, and in both games against Leipzig. But we were wide open. Um, the, you know the, the goal that Mudrik scored at both Celtic Park and over in Poland, and then the the, the sitter the the Ukrainian boy missed at Celtic Park. That was us being a little bit too open. So I think you know it really dependent on the group. Um, you know where you know where we where we end up, whether it's you know last sixteen or, or more likely Europa League football. But no, I mean his, his comments don't faze me at all. Mm. I think he's just trying to trying to just kind of yeah we bring a wee bit of realism to the party. This is an argument we had lots last season. So let's revisit it because Jerry and many others, by the way, say Celtic, you know, were too open. If you were to pick one factor that was Celtic's downfall in Europe last season, was it that they were too open, or was it that they didn't take the chances that they created? The latter, that didn't take the chances. Um, definitely, you know, they created chances in, in all of those games, and, and they failed to do it. And listen, that's that's the difference between having you know a striker that you pay I don't know say five or six million pounds for compared to someone who's paying seventy million pounds for that at that top end. That really is the difference. And you know, 
Celtic saw that last season. They didn't take their chance to when they were on top. And when you're in the Champions League, you have to do it. But Jerry's talking about, you know, the style that he wants to see in the Champions League. Jerry, are you saying that you would want to see a different style to what you guys play in, in league football in the Champions League? Would you be happy with that? Say, for, for example, I don't know, you went into a game and whoever you just say you drew Man City in there and you lost 2-1 to Man City playing defensive football. Or if you lost to Man City playing, you know, the way that Celtic currently play 2-1, which one would you actually prefer? The pragmatism, in all honesty, mm-hmm. Marvin. I think you know. I think that losing two one against Man City in the psychology of football, you can take positives from that. Yeah. Uh, you can't take positives from a seven. You yeah. know, and I think yeah. I think you know if you open up against the real top quality. If you look at the Real Madrid game, even even in the Bernabeu, we, we had chances and yeah, we were wasteful, but it was five going on probably double that. And you know, I think for the psychology, football football players on a lot of occasions are very weak mentally when it comes to their ego. Um, some of them anyway, not them all. Um, so I, being honest, a two-one defeat rather than a seven, playing a little bit more um, on the counter would would be what I would be looking for. So difficult though, because and I, I, I get where Jerry's coming from. Loads of fans will feel the same, but we do fall into the trap of thinking that you can just play a more pragmatic way and it will limit these teams to two. It won't. It, it or it, it might not. Would be, would be the case. And yes. You need to stick the ball in the back of the net, but we, we could realistically be having a very different conversation if Kyogo and Abada and Maeda, if they had done better in front of goal, people wouldn't think Celtic were so open. Yeah. So that's what you just need to get it. You need to get it right everywhere rather than thinking there's this silver bullet off for just a bit more pragmatic and we might lose, but at least we'll only lose by one. It just doesn't work that way. And that's the thing, you know, Celtic won't be used to, we see them week in, week out in the Premier League. They're not used to defending, they're not used to sitting behind the ball. So all of a sudden you're going against, you know, a higher tier of team and you're saying, let's sit behind the ball and let's do this. The players aren't used to doing that, um, you know, so it's not something that all players can do. Listen, if Celtic were a defensive team, Maybe they wouldn't have signed five or six of the players they currently have within their first team because that's not their strength. So, you know, I, I get what Jerry's saying definitely in terms of getting the balance right. Mm. Um, but the only way we'll improve the Scottish teams when it comes to Europe is by playing the way that they play week in, week out. And that's the only way. And Andrew always said it's about evolving and getting better. And him as a manager was trying to get better with, with the team and the players were getting better. And I think you saw that over a period of time. It's just very difficult when you go from attacking one week and then the next mm. week in Champions League you're trying to defend. And also, Brendan Rodgers has been here before and that exact accusation was always levelled at him. There was at least a bit of debate last season because it was missed chances versus defending, but it was always labelled and it wasn't pragmatic enough in Europe. But, see, to be fair, Adam, I'm just going to draw on personal experience here. I went to the new Camp to work for this radio station and Brendan Rodgers played a back five that night. I brought it up in case I rem- remembered incorrectly with Gamboa, Lustig, Toure, Sviachenko, Tierney. He played a back five. He tried to play differently. Celtic lost 7-0. Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly what can happen against the, the top teams. You can play, have a goal and have a defensive system. If the other opposition score early doors, it completely throws your game plan out the window. Or you can continue and play the style that you play in domestic football and again, you could lose a goal early doors. So I, I just think our teams that are in the Champions League this season, they need to be at the top of their game to get results because it is the elite level of football. If Celtic do play, every single player plays at the top of their game, they can get results in, in the group stages. That, I'm, I'm sure of that. Again, last season, it was fine margins for me. It was really fine margins. I think if, if they had scored in certain opportunities at right times in the game it would have changed the game um, and the, again would would Ange have changed his style later on in the game if they were 
again, say for for example, they were two 0 up last mm. twenty minutes, would he have changed his style? And and I think Celtic then need to manage the game better. They need to slow the mm. game up. They've got the opportunity to do that. Um, but yeah, I think it's fine margins in the Champions League, and you do need to take your opportunities. That's the biggest. As Marv says, it's about having these seventy million pound players or your your five million pound players, and that is that is a difference most of the time. Thanks, Jerry. It's thought-provoking stuff, and I got a funny feeling we've not heard the end of that argument this season. So it's a good one for us, Jerry. I'm going to give a full-time teaser to these guys. Let's hope Marvin can do better <laughs> than he did on Beat the Pundit. We'll take more of your calls and Celtic fans. There are some comments from Brendan Rogers on recruitment. So get your thoughts in on that as well, please. We'll do it next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley, Cammy Bell are here. If you're just joining us, oh, you missed it. You missed an absolute classic. Marvin Bartley with a zero on Beat the Pundit. Magnificent. That's made my week. Anyway, redemption time on the full time teaser. I'm going doable. There we go. The Beat the Pundit questions weren't. But thanks to John and Falkirk who sent this one in. Uh, John wants you to name the English Premiership kicks off this weekend. Can you name the five Scots to score hat tricks in the English Premiership since so since its inception, nineteen ninety two? So five Scottish players have scored a hat trick in the English Premiership. So that's since nineteen ninety two. See this new desk; it's a bit cosy, and I feel like I have to hide my no, answers. You know, like in very well cosy in, in primary school. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Cammy could possibly see my sheet from there. So. No, them, I can't keep mate. them covered up. I don't Duncan Ferguson. Yes, well done. Congratulations Good against enough. Bolton in December '97. If you care. Okay. Is Kevin your mic not working? Wow, what a standard this yes. is! Blackburn against Wimbledon. You've only got three to get already. It's as simple as that. We'll leave it there. Uh, thanks again to John and Falkirk for sending it. And if you want to get involved, and why wouldn't you come up with a question? Send it over on email fulltime at clyde1.com and we'll test the pundits at some point this season if we can. My thank you in advance. Stephen's already sent me a message with that name, Duncan Ferguson, so hold the rest of your thoughts. I'll give you some time to work through it. Andy's a Celtic fan. I think, Andy, a bit of response to the previous caller and Brendan Rogers' comments that we just heard. Yep, um, just f- firstly, I phoned up last Wednesday to get through me a comment and end up winning 250 quid, so cheers to Big Marv. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, no, no I, I, it's just based on the way the last call I said it, and something Mark Wilson's been growing about this for a while as well, for the course of the season, Gordon, you'll you have heard of. It's this whole notion of Celtic being more pragmatic in the bigger games, right? I, I, I've, got a, I've got a sense of this is that, see if you're a manager and you're in a changing room and you've got a system that you're trying to enforce in the players to believe, particularly under Postacoglu last year, where the system was quite clear. If Rodgers is in the changing room and, and he's going to put forward a system that he wants to play and get the players to believe, do you not think it would be um, a, a wee bit against the grain if then you go against the Real Madrid and say to them, by the way, this system that I've been preaching to you for the whole of the season, we're going to change because it's no good enough to beat this team? I, understand, I, I get the thing about being pragmatic, during a game uh, no pragmatic sorry having better game management so if you're winning 1-0 maybe changing the system a wee bit having maybe a, a, a more robust midfielder holding in front of the back four or whatever but I don't think we should change a system to suit an opposition I, 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 always, I, I always felt when Poster Coglu was in last year I thought he'd have stayed because I thought he'd have used last year's Champions League as a benchmark because what he did was he kept the, the, he kept the shape he kept the system that he played 
So we'd have went into the Champions League this year, he could have said that we've either improved or not using this system. I just think it's, it goes a wee bit against the grain if you're um, trying to implement a system. Week in, week out in domestic football, but then you're taking a negative uh, message into the changing room saying we need to change because we're playing a specific opposition and a bigger competition. It may, might not be the right message in the changing room. I totally agree um, with what Andy's saying there. And it's exactly that, you know, if you preach to the players that playing a certain way is the right way to play, then all of a sudden you go into a game and you say, we're going to completely change it. It's one or two things for the players. Either the manager doesn't totally believe in what he's saying or he doesn't believe in us that we're good enough to go out and execute what we've been doing week in, week out. And especially when you're winning games of football, don't get me wrong, listen, if you go on a bad run and all of a sudden you need to change it, then that's good management for me. But, you know, just referring to last season, like Andy did there under Ange and, you know, Celtic were beating everybody in front of them domestically. You know, to go into the Champions League and all of a sudden completely change it and then all of a sudden come the Sunday after the Champions League game, you're saying, actually, let's go back to what we were doing. I believe in it again now. It wouldn't have worked. So, you know, I'm in total agreement with Andy. Or would players not have the, the sense to realise that it's just because it's a different standard of opposition? No, because you, you, as players, you, you believe in yourself. So you, you do know that, listen... Like we said earlier, you know, against Real Madrid and Celtic, we're missing certain chances. You know, when you do get those chances in the Champions League, you have to take them. Mm -hmm. But one thing you will do is you will create them. And that's all Andrew will be saying to them. Listen, we will create chances. Yes, we won't create as many chances as we do domestically. But when we create them, we must score them. And like we've said earlier, if Celtic would have taken those chances, all of a sudden the game plan looks absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's about creating the chances and then putting them in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, I think regular listeners to the show will know. I'm, I'm it's not like I'm not massive on these stats that don't spout them all the time and you can use them to dictate whatever point you want but I do remember last year if it is XG or whatever your mm. chosen format is Celtic did, they didn't give up significantly more chances than, than the other teams in their group so it, that is the bit that blows apart this notion that they were so ridiculously open it does suggest that the issues were, were elsewhere in the game that lock is in a game of football but as, as Andy says we like things to be one or the other this idea that you're pragmatic it yeah. gives you a good chance of winning or you're not and therefore you'll be too open and you'll lose yeah no I, as I said before I, I think Celtic were really close last season it was fine margins it was taking your opportunities at the right time it didn't score at the uh, with the, the opportunities that they had early in the game and it just didn't fall their way um, and then they, they sort of still in the foot by making mistakes sometimes at the back and you can't afford to do that either so I said before if, if Celtic were to play at the top of their game they will get, win games of football in the Champions League but would it, confu think, would it confuse you though as a player or, or, or dent your sort of belief in what the manager's doing that's Andy's ultimate no, point no, that you I don't can't think, I don't think change. it would confuse you because you'd work on it all week or the amount of time mm. you'd have between your, your league game and your Champions League game you'd be working on it what, as what players that, one the, day two days but yeah, again days, players, yeah. players can take information in they've played lots of different systems throughout their careers they're, they're professional footballers so if Brendan Rodgers decides this is a way to win that game of football and, and if that works then the Celtic fans would be really happy because they've won a game in the Champions League which is so important to them it's just finding that that right. I think you can just tweak the way that you play. You don't you, you don't need to completely change your formation or completely change your style. You can just tweak it a little bit if you're playing a top top side that you're going to try and reduce the amount of opportunities you're going to give to them because these top teams have mm. top strikers and they score goals. That's what they do. Andy, a couple of personnel questions for you. O is out for six weeks, and Carl Starfelt, by all accounts, is about to leave the club. What do you make of those bits of news? Um, for for the, the O's, I, I know that going back again, maybe a week or so, when 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 the manager was on radio saying he wasn't going to be seven fifteen million pounds spending, and I think some Celtic fans might have been disappointed with that. But again, we see what Cammy was saying there; you need to be a bit realistic. 
spending 15 million on two players for Celtic are they going to improve their chances of winning the Champions League or, or, or going to any you need to buy 11 15 million pound players to compete at that level from a, but the, the question you asked there I don't think that uh, the loss of Jota and of Moy were as significant as people think because what happens now is that Abada's going to move up one and get an opportunity it's arguable that he's as effective as Jota David Tumble's moved up a slot with Moy moving and I think he'll make a big contribution to Celtic and hopefully Scotland this year. I think by Starfield leaving, however, we need to, to, to have a, a first-team replacement for him and another on top, I believe. I think we'd need two centre-backs. Um, Starfield leaving, good luck to him, or, or the very best. It's a shame for all because when he played last week, he looked a wee bit mobile and he was the first choice. But for me, Maida's better than, than, than O. So therefore, we've got options in the wider areas. I would, I would be putting Maida as the second striker. Yeah, let's hear a bit more from... Brendan Rodgers then on some of the recruitment and personnel issues going forward Yeah it's progressing so uh, but there's nothing definitive to add on that but clearly yeah, if we lose a, a centre half I'd want to bring in another one but I've got nothing to add there's, there's probably a few other names that'll be mixed in that there and if I speak about everyone then uh, we might be here for a little while yeah, I don't speak on what ifs. You know, there's speculation around many players coming into here. Naturally, there's a an association, a link with Kieran because of his past here and our past together. But uh, but there's nothing nothing to add to that. I want to add to the squad, and uh, if we can strengthen that over the course of the the next coming weeks, then I'll be happy with that. That last comment was obviously about Kieran Tierney. The one before was Lager Bielka, who's the, the other Swedish centre half that's been linked as a replacement for Carl Starfelt. But Brendan Rodgers also, because look, that's obvious. They're going to need to replace Carl Starfield. Yeah. And then Andy wants another defender. But Brendan Rodgers said today there are other areas he would still look to strengthen. What do you think they might be? It's difficult, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I think they will probably bring in another attacking player, whether that's someone that plays wide or somebody else through the middle. I know you To do that anyway or speed it up because of all six-week absence? I, th I think he would have done it anyway. Um, I really, really do. I think he would have brought in another attacking player um, definitely in, into the mix for them. Um, and then... You know, it depends, I suppose, who else is going out. Obviously, Brendan knows a lot more than us. Potentially another uh, right-back, maybe. Um, just spending on Alistair Johnson, how long he's going to be out for. I know Ralston's played um, at the weekend, but I, c I can imagine him bringing another right-back, um, whatever that means for Ralston, who knows. But I, I think, you know, he'd have his eyes on, you know, a few players to bring in and, and try and evolve the team and basically put his own stamp on it as well. He Does was asked about the goalkeeping yeah. situation. Well, he was just asked what he makes of his goalkeeping options, really. Mm -hmm. He praised them all because, well, you would, you would. So he didn't necessarily say um, whether that that was an area. What do you think? Yeah, I think just um, his style of play is um, again. Does he? I'm not. Listen, Ange wanted to play from the back as well, so Joe Hart's well used to to, to doing it. Um, is it his strength? I, I don't think it's his top strength. He, he still can do play from the back. Um, I think Joe Hart's a very good goalkeeper and I think he's done well since he's been at Celtic but he's he's prone to a little mistake um, and whether Brendan's seen that creep into his game a little bit more um, with the pressure that he's asking him to play from the back or the pinpoint accuracy he's looking for his passing from the back yeah. I'm not sure but I, I still think he's a top goalkeeper but I think it's something they might look at because out with Joe Hart I don't think they've got anyone that can really step in and replace him at this moment in time There was a the line on the goalkeeper that stood out for me because he said Scott Bain we probably called him Bainey or something <laughs> um, was here when I was here previously and he does things that a modern goalkeeper should, he's, should do he's very good with the ball at yeah. his feet 
like I'm, I'll stick up for members of the press. It's, it's not easy to almost try and catch the manager out at a press conference scenario. But I'd love to know the answer if you were able to say, see those. Th- does Joe Hart do those things? Just out of curiosity, because it's the bit that people level at. Him. Yeah, and and you're right. People do level that at him. It's it's this is a difficult one. Because he uh, said, sorry, he said Joe Hart makes crucial saves and his career speaks for itself. Blah blah blah. Well, that's what I was about to say. You know, what do you rather goalkeeper do? Be be really good with his feet and he can't save the ball going in, or, or someone's gonna make big saves for you. Listen, if they bring in another goalkeeper, then I think Joe Hart leaves the football club because I can't see him sitting there and being a number two. Um, I think he brings a lot more than, you know, having a goalkeeper that can play with their feet. As I said, you know, he's won so many things. Domestically, he's won everything. So having that sort of person within the dressing room that'll put demands mm. on the players, all the things that fans won't see. And then again, you know, when you need him on, on a Saturday to pull off a big save, he's still more than capable of doing so. I just think it would be a big loss, you know, if Joe Hart wasn't in the goal for Celtic. I get that he's not great with his feet, but you can't have everything. Andy? Uh, I like Joe Hart, but there's no sentiment in football, I suppose. I agree with Marvin. If they bring somebody else in, Joe Hart will move on. It needs to be a good goalkeeper. Again, just what Marvin said there, he, he brings so much more into the dressing room. He's a leader on the pitch, isn't he? Uh, if you can get leaders right through the core of your football team, it makes the manager's job a lot easier. So I think, um, th- for, for me, a good goodbye staff, I feel sorry for... for uh, no, but by Starfield, I think if I was, if I was going to place, replace any of the four, I think he was a good player. Unfortunately for him, Cara Vickers is better than him in the right-sided uh, defensive slot. Starfield's uh, played left-sided, but he's right-footed. But see, sometimes when he takes that touch, he's got to adjust his body. And against the bigger teams, we might lose. Uh, for me, I, I would, I like Joe Hart. I, I would sad to see him go, but there's probably better out there to be fair. It, it, but again, we, Andy's saying that there's probably better out there. Is there better out there? I, I, I just feel what Miles said. It does bring so much to the club and to the team. For me, he makes huge saves. He makes match-winning saves, which Celtic will need in these Champions League games. I get he's not the best with his feet. He's not. It's not his strength, but he can still do it. I'm not saying he's terrible. Mm. Eh? He does. He does still try these passes. Um, I would definitely put a shot stopper before playing out from the back again. Well, how much does better cost as well? How yeah, much does it cost well, to listen, get a better the, the, than Joe they've, Hart? They've been stung recently as well. They've had backcasts yeah. which cost them four million. But and, another, and thing, but another game. thing though that sometimes it's easy to fall into that trap. I'm not sure anyone's suggesting in an ideal world Celtic can try and find someone if they were to look who does both. No one's making you choose between shot stopper yeah. or good with their feet. Yeah, Joe Hart does both But maybe just not To, to that okay. level Is it, Will they be able to bring in As good a shot stopper As an experienced A goalkeeper Who can handle the pressure Sure yep. Well interesting times ahead Thank you to Andy uh, What are you looking at On this teaser I'll take one more guess each We were looking for Five Scots Who've scored an English Premiership hat-trick Since its inception In 92 So You've got What did you give me Duncan Ferguson And Kevin Gallagher Yep Darren Fletcher Stephen Naismith. Yes, for Everton against Chelsea. Two to get and kick off at Ibrox coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kicking off at Ibrox roundabout now So we'll keep you up to speed on anything that happens In the opening stages there How are you two faring On this full time teaser Just a quick reminder It's full time at Clyde1.com If you'd like to send your questions in And hear them used on the show Like John and Falkirk tonight So please do The question was five Scots Who've scored an English Premier League hat-trick 
a simple question. Only five answers. You've given me Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I love this tweet from, was it Matthew who tweeted it in? Uh, he wanted to take part in the teaser as well. He says, Stephen Naismith got hat-trick against Chelsea for Everton. Or was it Frankie McAvoy? <laughs> See what he did there? <laughs> Two former Hibs men in the studio will like that joke, won't you? Um, what else did you give me? Duncan Ferguson and Kevin Gallagher? James McFadden? No, I would have loved that to have been an answer. Stephen Fletcher? No, again, these guys that know scored good goals in English. Gary McAllister? Yes. Okay, leave it there. We've only got one to get, so we'll leave it there and try and get it before the end I don't know who it is. of Do the show. We'll just you hang on to it, yeah. Marvin. And after your performance on Beat the Pundit, <laughs> I'll let wrong. you. Uh, not even Scottish. Man. No, it's not that. I'll let you give it the big build-up um, towards the end of the show, uh, and I will land you in it by telling you you thought during the break that David Unsworth was Scottish, apparently. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Cammy here. Is that who you're going to say? Yeah. No idea uh, where that came from, but there we. Uh, right, Rangers kicking off uh, it's, it's one of those There's Lots of cliches you can throw out About starting the game well And all that sort of stuff Cammy But I, I guess off the back of the weekend There's not Then it's mad to say in the 9th of August But there's not, lo- there's not loads of goodwill in the tank uh, Judging by the calls that we've had in So maybe the Rangers fans could do With something to latch on to early on In yeah, a good sense I, Listen, I, I think they'll be nervous, the fans But they'll be right behind them The atmosphere will be buzzing Everyone will be up for the game So the players need to feed off that um, They need to take confidence from that as well Instead of going into your shell and being nervous You can't do that at Ibrox You've got to feed into the, the atmosphere of the fans So they'll be expecting a fast start Get at this team and let this team know They're in for a game in a long 90 minutes So I, I just feel as if this the first 15 minutes are really important because the fans will be right behind them for the first 15-20 minutes and then they start to get fr- frustrated and nervous um, and that can fester onto the pitch quite quickly. We've seen it in past seasons so I just hope they get an early goal. We as a footballing nation are more than entitled to be impatient, Marvin. Who's got time to worry about 180 minutes? We want a sign of something now and quickly and within the next two minutes that's the way fans will be thinking yeah as football fans that's that's the way we do think you know I'm the same with, with Arsenal and Hibs when I watch them play um, so you know we're all exactly the same when it comes to it but you know Michael Bill and the players if you look at it from a point of view just, just get through just get through the tie I think there'll be a, a demand from the players as well we spoke about Michael Bill and what he'll be wanting and his coaching staff but I think as players you know, they know coming off that, that pitch against Kilmarnock that that wasn't good enough. I think there'll be a drive and, you know, they'll be speaking to each other collectively, you know, whether it's away from the manager or wherever else it might be, saying, listen, we have to do better as well. Forget about anything else. We have to do better as players and, you know, they'll be wanting to put performance on today and they, and they need to. Yeah, quick start in terms of tempo. No real chances yet, very early. Servette with a deep free kick, easily dealt with by Rangers. I suppose, though, if there's one man who knows all too well that, you know, scoring first and scoring early doesn't guarantee you anything, does it? Who knows that? <laughs> Listen, Saturday's gone. It's parked. I've drawn a line in the sand when I walked into the studio today. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. They need to they need to win the game, don't they? Listen, if they, if they don't win today and they win the away leg, they still go through. So it's about going through. That is the most important thing, progressing. I mean, for players like Todd Cantwell, as we said, we don't really know the backstory. Everyone assumes that there's something there. Was it the pitch? Was it with tonight in mind? Because otherwise, it's kind of hard to think that he was just left out you know for a sort of tactical reason but if it you know if it was anything like that he'll be keen I'm sure to show the Rangers fans and, and Michael Beale what they missed out on from the start yeah he'll be desperate, desperate penalty to, to Rangers oh, here we go Todd Cantwell got in there in front of the defender who brought him down and that is exactly the start Rangers were looking for and Todd Cantwell right on cue 
Yeah, especially if they need to you score it listen. now, though. But yeah, no, exactly like you said, you know, he's been brought in to give them a spark and was it three or four minutes into the game and, and he's done that, you know, by getting a penalty kick. So, yes, if they can put that away, I think it will ease a lot of nerves, as Cammy spoke about from the fans earlier. Um, you know, and hopefully from a Rangers point of view, it will set them up for, for a really good 90 minutes. Look to Stonewaller, uh, says Andrew McLean, who's obviously got an eyewitness as well. Uh, James Tavernier to take, obviously. Um, a lot is made about Rangers penalties and the frequency at which they're awarded. But even in Europe, it's, it feels like they've had a lot in Europe yeah. um, over the last few seasons. But uh, Yeah, listen, we, we, we've got VAR now, so you, you'd think they get, the, they get it right. So um, you'd expect James Tavernier to... With his big broad shoulders that he's got, he takes a deep breath and he puts the ball in the back of the net when the pressure's there. So I hope he Goal, does it again. Indeed, he has. And if we're talking about dream starts, ideal Didn't starts, yep. down the <laughs> middle he goes with the penalty. Rangers are up and running. Need to build on it now, Cammy. Yeah, they need to keep going, and, and that'll be the demand from Michael Beale at the side and the players on the pitch. They'll know we spoke about it before. You want to get this game put to bed here, three, four, nil, if possible, and that's the best start. They need to just build this momentum, take the confidence from that goal, and keep going at this team. How much of a sigh of relief is that for a player if you've got all the circumstances that we were just talking about? You get a penalty. I'm not. I mean, it, it was by all accounts a penalty. I'm not yeah. saying it was. It was lucky in that respect, but you know, you get your break, you get a big opportunity. Does it allow everyone just to settle if there were if there were any nerves there? One hundred percent. There would have been nerves there. There would have definitely been nerves there, Gordon, you know, obviously standing in the tunnel before the game and then going out onto the pitch. The players would have been nervous because you know they would have had Kilmarnock in the back of their minds and all of a sudden you're five minutes into a game now and you're one nil up. And, you know, when that penalty was given, the rest of the players have been absolutely delighted. You know, the only person feeling the pressure down would have been James Tavernier, but he's put the ball in the back of the net and that would have calmed them down now. And I expect, you know, Rangers to to really take it up another gear, as Cammy just said there, and really go for it. Because the, the brilliant thing about two-legged ties is that that can now change everything. Servette maybe well, wouldn't have expected to go behind so early. Maybe Rangers didn't even expect to go ahead so early. Um, but for the visitors in particular, if, if they were thinking about sitting in I don't know, are they going to happy, be happy with one to try and take that home? Does it cause them to come out a little bit? Yeah, I think so early in the game. I think they'll stick to their game plan. If it was sitting in, I don't think they'll open up because they went a goal behind so early. Maybe in the last five, ten minutes in the game, if they are two, three behind, they're going to have to open up because that, that is quite a big gap to, to go back to their place to, to try and rectify. Um, but at this moment in time, I think they'll probably stick to a defensive game plan. But... That, that'll suit Rangers because Rangers will be on top they'll be really confident all the players will be wanting the ball now they've 1-0 up and we've been there ourselves Mars when, when you're 1-0 up I never every- wanted the ball <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get these everyone wants the ball yeah. when you're 1-0 well, up yeah. fit, Servette have tried to hit back Connor Goldson sort of caught out of position Servette breaking forward Jack did well to cover uh, on you know came over to block a shot from an angle and out for a corner um, so not ideal there but like since Rangers drop points at the weekend, like what happens every time Rangers drop points, we've had the James Tavernier calls, and I'm not for one second saying one penalty tonight changes all that. But yet again, there whether it's a penalty or not, you know, people, yeah, I get it. It's it's a big opportunity to score, and it's in the kicker's favour. But his goal scoring record, whether it's penalties or not, Cammy's responsibility as well I would say listen people question him we've been on this show and we've had callers in questioning him he's captaincy he's a captain because he leads by example he takes the pressure on his shoulder he puts the ball in the back of the net so whether it's a free kick a penalty a crossing at the ball that creates a goal he's done it time after time and I, I think um, I don't know why he gets so many, much doubt about him he's going to have bad games we all know that every player's going to have a, a bad game but 
I just think he takes so much pressure on his shoulders and he produces for Rangers. That's what he does. Comfortable evening ahead for Rangers. Get your prediction in. I've given you a head start. You know they're 1-0 up. I'm going to say Rangers take an early lead and uh, <laughs> go on to win the game, Cammy. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to say 3-0 tonight. <laughs> Here we go. No looking back, says Cammy Bell. And Marvin Bartley, right, let's check in on this teaser, see if we can round it off before the end. So the question tonight, and please do keep them coming, fulltime at Clyde1.com, was, can you name five Scotsmen who've scored an English Premier League hat-trick? You were doing pretty well. You've got Gary McAllister, Kevin Gallagher, Duncan Ferguson and Stephen Naismith. Just wanted I'm, to get that. I'm it. going Sutton, they won the Premier League with... Oh no, Is this I'm guy not... for real? Oh my God. <laughs> Don't... <laughs> Chris Sutton <laughs> Don't <laughs> what, part, what part of Scotland oh is he from? God. He's gone Oh my god You've a bad start to the week <laughs> I, thought, I thought Cammy was going to give me a high five I would have beat the pub Me and you just looked at each other thinking Oh my I've got god no idea it is, like a, That's a Gordon Diel Sutton it? and Unsworth <laughs> Scotland <laughs> shot Oh my god Oh jeez And I've not got an answer for you um, <laughs> You're relying on me weren't you? <laughs> give us You're a clue You're so confident you actually said this guy oh, earlier on. Did I? You were just thinking. Him Strachan. Yes. Yes. Gordon Strachan. See, that's the high Well done. Good teamwork. We are back tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Cammy and uh, to a lesser extent Marvin for joining us <laughs> on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Whatever happens at Ibrox tonight, we will reflect on it tomorrow. And of course, huge evening for the Edinburgh clubs in Europe as well. So we look forward to it from six o'clock tomorrow. Uh, you can listen back on the podcast as always. You can watch it back on YouTube. Uh, Twitter, Facebook as well. Next up, Callum has got music from Lewis Capaldi and Pitbull as well. So a good night from us.